0: and welcome to the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms, that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, that now support and inspire others to do the same. And today we are giving a voice to Jennifer Chapman. Welcome to Victim to Victory.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Tracy. It is our pleasure.
0: Now, before we get into Jennifer telling her story, I've got a few important tips, a few important bio points to share about Jennifer. Now, she is amazing, she is inspiring, she is a world changer, she is empowering others, and her story is probably somebody you know, it is probably yourself or something you need to look out for as well. She's an amazing human and one moment she was living a perfect childhood with an amazing family and close friends and the next moment she lost her mum very suddenly and she had to adapt to life without her. Um, No doubt uh, Jennifer will be sharing snippets of that because I'm Um, I'm guessing that's a a very important part of her story and there was a major milestone that happened when she was 34 around the same age her mum was when she actually passed and I'll let her explain that in her own words and I know how much education she is actually giving within the communities and with her coaching space as well. So thank you Jennifer. Who is Jennifer Chapman and where does your story start?
1: Mm. Well, I am, I've learned a lot now in my, you know, 30 some years of life. That's for sure. I, um, it's not to compare my story to anybody else's, but it's just, um, you know, what I've been able to overcome and now what I've been able to do with, with uh, the challenges that have occurred in my life. So it definitely started when I was 11, and uh, like you said, living living a pretty ideal childhood. You know, pretty active in sports and and always spending time with family and friends. And 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 literally over the span of about 36 hours, I um, my mom had had an allergic reaction, honestly, to something that she ate and. Um, long story short, just never recovered from that. So it was Saturday night cookout and by Monday morning at 6 a.m., um, yeah, we got the news. So talk about trying to process a whole lot in a short amount of time. Um, but I did so through through sports. I mean, that that is how I was able to kind of power through and and kind of adapt to a new normal, like you said, without her. Um, so that helped me a whole lot. I'm glad I took that direction as far as being able to to kind of put my frustration and anger and stress into, um, playing tennis for year round for the next seven years, honestly, through high school. So that was, that was helpful along with having, you know, the, the most supportive family and friends a girl could ask for that. That was, that was everything to me. So, Uh, And then, and then, like you said, so I spent 15 years in corporate sales and coming off the most successful uh, year of my career, I turned 34. And that was that epiphany that I had realizing like, oh my gosh, my mom was 34 when she passed away, I still feel so young, and I I still have so much I want to do and accomplish. And then um, nine months later, still at 34 is when I I suffered a life changing stroke.
0: Wow, that's such an early age. And I suppose, did if you don't mind me asking Jennifer did insecurities come up if did anything kind of what were you thinking at the age of 34 the year that the age that your 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 mum was when she unfortunately passed so suddenly was that really a insecure time or was that more of a An empowering time although you had the stroke to to be better what like what were you thinking and feeling during that time
1: it it was definitely a a moment when I turned 34 for sure um because I you know I'm coming off this high of, of professional success and and but then it just hit it weighed heavy on me that um realizing how young she truly was right like I knew I was 11 and knew I was so young but didn't really process her being 34 until you hit 34 and it's like okay I want to make sure that I do everything in my power to make sure I'm you know safe and and secure and and so literally thinking I, I don't want something to happen to me when you know at 34 and sure enough um nine months later for, to have, to have a stroke at 34. Um, I didn't process being 34 and having the stroke then, right. It definitely took, um, like I said, about a year and a half later when I started working with a life coach, knowing I was, I was really struggling mentally and emotionally with, um, accepting, accepting who I now was after a stroke, I was able to recover really well physically. I do have a couple of deficits that I adapt to every single day, but no one can see those. So from the outside, um, I'm blessed that I, that I, I, no one would ever know that I've had a stroke. Um, but really it was the the mental and emotional piece for me that I needed to overcome and realize honestly that I was grieving the old me. Like I was grieving the loss of my mom. It, It felt a little bit similar which is kind of crazy
0: so do you think you kind of uh suppressed a lot of your feelings and just threw it into sport and just really totally distracted yourself um and then all of a sudden you had to rethink those emotions was there any feelings
1: around that you nailed it 100 percent. i didn't know that's what i was doing then right i thought i was i was I didn't know that's. I was repressing them, um, but even even to this day now, uh, even though you know I've got I've got a lot going on. I've got, I, I feel the momentum of my business and and um, a lot of great things happening. I definitely still think that that's you know what I I still battle with sometimes is is suppressing those feelings and knowing that the only way. F- <laughs> to continue to move forward is to allow them, allow those feelings and emotions to come up and out. Do not resist when, when that's happening, right? Let it. And I learned that from my coach too, because I was working with her and I would cry almost every session. And I would tell her like, I don't want to be doing this right now. And she's like, it's stress leaving the body. You have to allow it to, to come through and come up and out. And I've struggled with that then. And now I I understand that so much more now, but Um, Yeah I still have those moments and those days as I share my story with so many you know it's it's one thing to tell it on a mental level but when you when you take it right when you when you feel it it's different and those feelings can come rushing back for sure.
0: And it never gets easier telling our story as well, because I found every time, even when I tell my story, I listen to people tell their stories, you know, it's different levels of the story that will actually rise up. So it never gets any easier to share those stories as well. And, I know that there's another part of you deep down in there as well. And if you don't mind me digging just a little bit deeper, Jennifer, what you're comfortable with, obviously, but, um, you know, on your website and I urge everybody go and have a look at Jennifer's website because she's doing some amazing things, but you have on here a really powerful statement. And we've just spoken about that. And it says, in one morning I'd gone from a healthy, strong athlete To a stroke survivor who needed help with everything. And it took me to some dark places. Can you talk a little bit about what those dark places were?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's um, when you process, uh, you know, when you're, when you, when you need to ask for help to do the, the most basic things that so many of us take for granted every day, whether it's, you know, being able to literally get out of bed and walk to the shower or the bathroom or whatever that may be. And, and having help, the extra supports that I had, you know, installed in our house for, for a few months. Um, even though, like I said, I've, I had the the best, most supportive husband and, and, family and help in the world when you have to you know like you said we take take that for granted and and now like needing help yeah that that's the emotions come up and you start to question like is this is this how it's going to be and how how long is it going to be this way is this um yeah it makes you feel helpless and sad and depressed and um anxiety filled you know because I'm I'm thinking with every small movement is this going to happen again am I going to have another stroke and I think that's what a lot of stroke survivors battle with is is fear like fear I could tell fear was eating me up inside
0: Mm, because you can't have fear and growth in the same place can you not at all Mm. and a lot
1: of times I think with a lot of life you know, a lot of life um, situations that people go through, that's the part that overtakes them. They, they're not able to see what's on the other side quite yet or they don't want to see. And I, I knew I wanted to see it, but did, I had no idea how to even begin or start to know what that was like.
0: And how did you know it was time to see what was on the other side? What were the indicators around that?
1: no longer wanting to cry every single day. I I really struggled with the emotional instability and I'm still working. I went back to corporate sales like four months later. So how I did that, I still am not sure. And I know that I went back too early, but I knew that I didn't, I no longer wanted to lay in bed and feel sorry. You know, not that I was feeling sorry for myself, but I knew that that was no longer going to serve me is just, laying there at thought at the time, but yeah, I was really struggling with, you know, working at a high level each day. And at some point during the day, breaking down in my car. And I, and I was, I was done doing that. I was, I was mentally and emotionally exhausted.
0: So you've gone back to corporate your full time. It's super intense sales environment how did you break free from all of that what what led you to think I can't do this anymore I can't go in and I'm guessing pretend that you've got it together and then going and crying in your car um would that be would that be the truth around that
1: 100 percent and I'm so thankful that I did work for a corporate organization that was so supportive of me because I know that's not always the case for folks out there they don't have that um, support when they're trying to you know go back to work or going back to to what they used to do I did and I'm thankful for that and I had to have those conversations with my my leadership team after after probably a year and a half after my after my stroke and and realizing like as much as they're trying to help me like create a role for me or create a position that was, that I was going to be fulfilled by while also at the same time is when I hired my life coach. Um, And really it was, it was having conversations with her and really trying to figure out. I knew I was also struggling with, with confidence in myself and belief in myself that I'm capable of doing something more than I was doing. And it was really working with her to kind of, dig deep and find that within me and and then really taking ownership and power of okay i know i know i want to make i'm i'm capable now of making a difference and making more of an impact and i know where i'm at now is not doing that
0: so you're you're wanting to smash through that fear you're wanting to almost find yourself again and define yourself again so what led you to reaching out to a life coach? What, mm-hmm. what prompted you to reach out like that way?
1: Yeah, so the, after, after the year mark is, is when I told my doctor, like, you know, she, was, she didn't know what to do with the emotional piece of me aside from hand me medication. And I wasn't ready for that yet. So I tried there, just traditional therapy and I had gone to a couple different therapists and I was just realizing, okay, I'm already walking in emotionally drained. And I just felt like I was walking out the same way. I, I was like, this is not what I want to continue to do. So it was through one of my dear friends that said, why don't you try a life coach? And and she knew of her through from a corporate standpoint, this coach was doing a lot of leadership about, you know, leadership training and, and team building and things like that. And then she met me. So, um, what, what an experience it was to, to, to meet her and for her to explain to me like oh, that she wanted to meet me where I was and, and mm-hmm. let's move forward now with, with who you are and who you want to be versus, Going backwards, which made a lot of sense to me. I no longer wanted to go backwards. I just needed to start to understand, to accept this new normal that I was in, and that it's this new and improved version of me, which I still work on to this day.
0: Yeah, we're always works in progress. That's never going to stop, is it? We're always no working it. on something. <laughs> so were you redefining yourself or were you reinventing yourself? Were you thinking, you know what, and your words were perfect um, there as well, That the new normal for you. I mean, you had. To, what did you have to let go of on the old you to step into the new you?
1: mm that's a powerful question. It was it was creating a consistent mindset shift. Um that, that was more powerful than what I thought I had before. And I I truly believe mindset is everything. And it's it was not allowing my situation to control me or have power over me, but it was for me to control the situation, have power over, over everything, my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, everything about it. And also not attaching myself to those, but knowing they're just thoughts. They're just, it's just a a feeling, um, and, and learning how to, to move forward with it and from it. Um, That's, that's been the biggest um, key learning for me also knowing as much as I have the best support system that girl could ask for you know, with my, with my spouse, my family, my friends, even my coach, it's ultimately it's up to me. It's, I have to want it bad enough. I have to want the change bad enough. I may know that I need it, but I, but I have to have the will to continue to do the work every day on myself for sure, and I see so many stroke survivors out there that that's that's the key element that they're missing, right? I mean, it, yes, the physical the physical deficits you have to overcome those first, and I think most people can, but it's definitely their mindset that's going to continue to hold them back to to you know from embracing their new version as well.
0: So you were almost reclaiming your power that you potentially left behind when your mum passed away, that you you pushed aside and then you mm. were put into a situation where you had to reclaim your power and really step into the new version of yourself almost, wouldn't
1: it? I definitely did. And there and and realizing that I can take her with me on this new path that I'm on, which gives me chills, to be honest. It's what a moment it was to realize that when working with my coach, you know, is, okay, she, she didn't make it at 34 and I now have the chance to do that, but I'm going to take her with me and honor her legacy and and definitely make it, it, it is a huge part of my story, but to continue to share it because no doubt it's continued healing for me to do so but to also now help others that have gone through something similar as myself, whether it's some type of grief or or, or life-changing event or experience and, and help them overcome those same struggles that I've been through. And, and, and that there is something amazing and powerful on the other side.
0: That is absolutely amazing. And what are you doing in the world now? What are you doing in your, in your coaching space? You just kind of touched on it briefly then, because We're going to fast forward just a real little bit because I know that um, you've connected with a lot of trauma survivors and you are really passionate about um, that's where the real work begins, um, only after the danger has finally passed. But what are you doing in a coaching space now to help others? What do you see the most that people really need help with?
1: Mm. So the, what I'm seeing is mostly women reaching out, although I am, I'm obviously open to working with men as well. And I, I think that they could, I think everybody could use a coach in some capacity of their life, right? What, what, some aspect of their life where they want to see improvement and change. That's the key. Um, but working with women who, who know they're they're stuck they're, and just don't know the first step to take. And I get that. I understand that. And, but, and I want to help them and really through my, my training, and I'm almost um, complete with my certificate, my year long certification, which has been really incredible uh, because of the, the work we've literally done on ourselves, right. For months um, to learning all the, all the tools that we've been given that I can now share with, with, with people out there that, that want it, but it's really helping them become aware. Some people are maybe aren't even aware of what's holding them back, you know, figuring out what those roadblocks are, but also then accepting them, knowing they're there to help. They're, they're trying to serve them in some way. It might not be effectively, but like, let's understand what they were, what it was trying to do. Uh, and then, and then teaching them how to take aligned action to, to want to see that change in their life. And it really, like I said, it comes down to it's, it's so much in the mind. It's knowing how to reprogram the mind. And Tracy, a lot of what I've learned, not, not only did I know this in my own life, but so much more so now through this certification is how much our minds were programmed by the age of seven, eight, 10 years old you know, whether we consciously are aware of it or or it's subconsciously there. Oh, we're doing these things, but didn't know why. Oh, it's probably because that's how we were taught, right? As as kids. And it's it's helping those people know that you can reprogram them. You don't have to continue to do it the way that you were taught because it's potentially no longer serving you.
0: That is such a powerful tip that you just shared there as well. And a lot of us walk through life Um, on autopilot with that programming in place and I remember a, a, a story I'll share quickly uh, that I that I heard from uh, Kerwin Ray actually share, and um, the the granddaughter had the the mum and the um, the family and the grandma around for dinner, and she cut the the end off the lamb roast, put it into the oven, and somebody said, "Why do you do that?" And she said, "Oh, my mum done that," and the mum was there, and somebody said, "Why did you do that?" She goes, "Oh, because my mum done that." And the Nana said, uh, the grandma said, um, yeah, I used to do that because my oven was always too small to fit a whole leg of lamb in there and I had to cut off the end all the time. but nobody ever questioned it for generations. And whenever people mention things like that, Jennifer, and thank you for letting me share that quick story, but we don't question, do, do we, because of that programming. It's just the way we've always done it. And then we walk around in autopilot and sometimes we wait to, uh, you know, an event or a prognosis or a diagnosis to change our patterns. And we can do it way before then. We can do it way before then. It's just... um. And as you mentioned before, it all depends on mindset and it all depends on why, our why. So thank Absolutely. you so much for sharing that, that powerful tip. And Jennifer, what kind of message would you like to leave our audience on today?
1: Hmm. I want to leave your audience the message that I th- what we've spoken so much about today is that you can have the biggest and best support system in the world, or maybe you don't. Um, but to know that it is all up to you to control the things in life that ha- everything in life happens for you, and that was a big thing that I also learned was that it didn't happen to me, but this having a stroke at 34 happened for a reason and a purpose, and and so everything in life does, and as much as it may hurt at the time that something is happening once you find out the reason and the why behind that that's that's when you you gain your power and your control back over it and can move forward with it um and 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 embrace it and and still continue to reach your fullest potential but it's all up to you and and it's it's absolutely still asking for help and being resourceful in learning how to do that and trying on different things to see what's going to work for you, That um, whether it worked for the next person or, or it did not, but figuring out what's going to work for you and still being able to embrace who you are and who you want to be.
0: Very, very powerful indeed. Thank you so much for sharing those words of wisdom and thank you so much for being brave. To share your story again as well. And we'll be sharing where to connect with Jennifer Chapman. You are so appreciated, a world changer, a thought leader, and changing people's lives one step at a time you can find the victim to victory podcast series on youtube spotify apple and our facebook group please subscribe share and comment to help be the change that the world needs and let me leave you with a message of figure out who you are and do it on purpose
1: thanks for joining us jennifer thanks so much tracy it's been great you're
0: welcome